quick disclaimer want to apologize for my sound in the interview i'd got a new pop shield and it made me sound like i was talking to him from underneath a blanket this is a journey into sound a journey which along the way will bring to you new color new dimension new values and a new experience Hello and welcome to the show, Artist of the Week, Neil Taylor, take two, because we just did about half of the show before and I forgot to record. So Neil, for those who have had their head under a blanket for the past 20-30 years, who is Neil Taylor and what are you all about? Okay, well I mean, I I started my kind of uh, session career when I was like... Uh, about 21, 22 years old, um, I started off with Tears for Fears playing on their album Songs from the Big Chair. And then from there, I kind of moved on and did lot, lots of other like session work with like people like Climby Fisher and Tina Turner, a lot, lot of 80s stuff. And then more recently, Robbie Williams. And uh, I've, I've released five albums to date on my own, solo albums. And I've, I've released my latest album, Come Out of the Silence, in... May in Europe. I, I did a tour of Austria and then I went to Japan guesting with a guitar player by the name of Char over there and doing a few of my own songs with him. And now I, I've, I've just landed myself a record deal, uh, which is part of, uni, uh, part of Universal in America, uh, for, for the new album, which so, so I'm kind of uh, excited about it. It's good fun. Some, some, some things happened eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good album. It's, uh, you're keeping that 80s rock vibe alive. I think, or you know, I think I think it's a wave of music that will come back eventually. Because yeah, I mean, I, to, yeah, it's it, it's funny. I, I I try to get away from the eighties thing, but it just follows me around. You know, yeah, and it, it's that there are there are quite a, a lot of different influences in the new album. There's there's like um you know a bit of seventies and a you know eight eighties where I kind of cut my teeth in playing with lot lots of different like kind of artists and stuff. But I mean. I was kind of lucky to grow up, you know, I was born in the 60s, so I had the 60s, 70s and 80s, the last three kind of decades of where music was still kind of evolving. Now it's like all kind of regurgitated to a, to a certain extent, you know. Yeah, that we find that a lot. A lot of the music that we get, we get so many submissions and it's everything we've we've heard before. But because you've been there, you've done it, you know how to reproduce it in a way that makes it relevant today if you like and I, I could hear that in the music it's it's still it's still quite refreshing to hear well yeah i mean i, I think also <clears throat> i mean there's there's kind of a bit of angst to it a bit bit of kind of um energy in 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 terms of like the punk era because you know i i kind of grew up you know in the 70s like being in comprehensive school in the 70s and I was listening to Deep Purple, which had a lot of angst to it. And then uh, from from then, it, it was like 76, 77, the punk explosion happened. It was like, right, e everything you learnt, just throw away and, you know, <laughs> become an anti kind of uh, uh, musician. And yeah. do you know what I mean? And and so I, I had that too, you know. So so I, I'm quite, I, I think I'm quite lucky to have gone through that punk era too, you know. Yeah, would you say that some of that punk comes out in your work? 
yeah, 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 yeah. In 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 the term angst, it does. Yeah, I think yeah. it does. Yeah. How have you found being a solo artist? Because I'd imagine that it must be quite hard because of all the work that you've done. You probably find yourself overshadowed by all that, you know, the, the bigger names, and it's hard. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But when you've been under the shadow of so, so many big names, it's hard to get out of that sometimes. I'd, I'd have thought. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when I released my first album, No, no Self Control, which was back in what, 2012, I think it was, um, I, I managed to get a record deal with Hypertension, which is a company in Germany. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd been touring with Robbie Williams and, uh, you know, five star hotels, private jets. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, come over to tour in Germany. I said, oh, great. Well, I'll bring a band. No, you can't bring a band. There's, there's not enough money for that, you know, so... I had to go and do solo acoustic shows and like staying in like not not five star hotels or you know and no no private jets and 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 some some nights you're playing and there's like six or seven people yeah and that's and that's that's really really difficult to come to terms with and my my main main thing was you know every time I do a, a solo show or, or one of my band shows I'm always thinking oh god I hope there's some people there tonight you know and. <laughs> Uh, to be br- brutally honest, I mean, you know, fifty percent of the time there's not, you know, yeah. and it's very, very difficult. But I mean, something keeps me going, you know. Yeah, saying that though, I mean, when I was playing in 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 the band, well, our band back in the day, we some of our best gigs were the gigs where hardly anybody turned up. You'd be playing to like one or two people, and we absolutely loved them. But then saying that. We never had the pleasure of playing to thousands either. So, yeah, <laughs> I suppose yeah. once you've done that, it's it's hard to come to terms with when you. I'd imagine yeah, it feels it like you you fell from a great yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I I really do feel that sometimes. And and you know, when I first uh, went when I left Robbie uh, Williams and you know doing my own solo stuff, I would, you know, because I wanted to perform and stuff. I I, I would do any show that anybody asked me to do because I wanted to do it, you know. But uh, that, that 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 was a bit... It wasn't positive. It made me feeling negative a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, I soon soon learned that. I thought, no, I can't just, like, say yes to everything. Because some, some, some places I played, I thought, oh, I really regret, regret doing it, you know. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, some some places. I mean, you know, my my agent or booker in in Germany would would book book me, you know, as a kind of like a a place to get from A to B. But oh well, there's this place that you could play. It it's a kind of pub, you know. But but you you go there and no one's listening and stuff, and it's so soul destroying. Yeah. You know, pe- people are watching the TV or people are talking, and you're you're there trying to perform your own songs, and it's like. What the hell am I doing this for? Uh, where's this going to get me? It's not going to get you anywhere, you know. Yeah, but you, you've come a fair distance like, with this this new album. You've yeah. been to Japan and yeah. touring, yeah. so everything yeah, looks like it's on the up. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why it's kind of happened on on this album because I, to be honest, I the the last the the, the four albums previous to this one, I really really like put my heart and soul into like promoting it and trying to get something going with them and everything and even then that was difficult but but this one was solely because you know I was doing my tour of Austria with my band in May 
um, and I was going to Japan. I thought I'll get it out and at least I can sell some CDs and stuff. That 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 was the main thing, and it was a little bit of promotion to promote what I was doing, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, for some some reason, I you know I I, I don't know why this American uh, company M MI Five they're called part of Universal. As, as like you know, they they picked up on it, which is amazing. So um, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy because I wasn't expecting anything from it to be honest. You know, I suppose it was lots of hard work's paid off in the end. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest, again, I mean, it, it was going to be my last album because I thought I I can't be bothered with it anymore. You know, I I I would still carry on working like in terms of recording and stuff because I do a lot of production music, so I'll still be creative. But I thought right, I'm not putting my heart and soul into any solo project anymore because nothing happens with it and it's like i've just had enough of it i've been doing it for 10 years you know yeah almost. the teaching stuff you do on youtube seems quite popular yeah yeah i mean i i, I should do a lot more of that i mean the, the last one i did was about two or three years ago i think oh was it uh yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean it, it's just like uh, songs that i played on uh just explaining the story behind the song you know how how i ended up doing this song and when i got to the studio what happened and stuff like that which is quite you know i suppose it's quite interesting to people really did you write a lot of the guitar parts or were you just the uh, session player well yeah i mean i i'll say yeah. that just say just a session player I've no no play no, guitar. no. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the, the the term session player i've i've always I'm not a real session player in, because a real session player can turn his hand to a lot of different stuff and, you know, they can read music and record charts. To me, I I was always more in, in, into being creative. And, you know, when when I go into when I went in to do a session, people normally would get me into what I, for what I could add to, to the song. I mean, it was like composing my own guitar parts, basically. Yeah. And... That's what I enjoy. But as soon as someone puts a chord chart in front of me and says, "Oh, can you play this bit?" and it's like it's like it's like being back at school to me. You know, I I I I just don't. I hate that kind of thing. And I've turned down as many sessions as I've as as I've been booked for too. You know, it's just I I don't want to do those kind of things. It's never interested me. It's not all about the money to me. It, it's it's about like. Being creative and enjoying the the time doing doing that. Yeah, okay. And to be honest, it's quite it's quite annoying because I, when you listen back to some of those works that you've worked on, those songs wouldn't work without what you added to them, and you don't get the recognition that I think you deserve because those songs are played. I've, there's a lot of artists that you've worked with and uh, a lot of those <clears throat> riffs and a lot of those uh, guitar parts that people are, oh yeah I know that and yeah they don't yeah I know it's got to be hard being a, a guitarist well it is it yeah it is um it's it, it's kind of you, you know you, you you have some really good times and you know it is nice to get recognition for what what you do and it, it really is you know but you are right though a lot of the time as a kind of session guitar player you you really don't you know mm. it's it's you you kind of get forgotten forgotten about a lot of the time you know yeah well let's hope you can make up for that with this new album yeah so what's this new album what, what what's it all about what's the story beyond this album um well to be honest, there's no story behind it. it it's a collection of songs that have 
uh, it's been going on for like probably about five five or six years. I uh, the the last four albums I I, I wrote with uh, a very well known songwriter called Steve Torch. He wrote he he co-wrote Believe by Cher, um, and he he wrote a few Kylie Minogue hits I think and Lamar and um, a few others. Um, and we we've been mates for many many years, but he died unfortunately about like almost three years ago. And he used to write a lot of the melody and lyrics. And so this new album was about half of the stuff that we'd written together and new stuff uh, that I'd actually like written myself over the past kind of um, two and a half three years, lyrics and stuff. And I I had to kind of get into the mood of writing lyrics again you know which was a bit weird but but it's it's just a collection of songs and and it's called come out of the silence uh because steve said to me you ought to call it come out of the silence and i i remembered that and i thought well you know as, as a tribute to him I, I thought i'd call it come out of the silence and yeah i mean it's just a collection of songs that i've kind of picked up with, with him with we'd some of the songs we'd written for other people but never got used and i thought well that's good. I can do that. And yeah, I mean, I just kind of collected all these songs together. thought, right, that could be good for the album, you know. So would you say that this has become quite a personal project for you then? Uh, it has. I mean, well, the last four albums has. But I mean, like I say, this one wasn't as personal because I I just kind of thought, right, this is the last thing I'm going to do. And <laughs> it, it, it's funny. It, it's the one that seems to be like you know, ruffling a few feathers for some reason. I don't know why. I shouldn't complain. No, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> right, I'm going to throw a few quick-fire questions at you then. Okay. Okay, so firstly, what would you say have been your most prominent highlights to date, your most standout moments? The first one I, I, I would say would, would have to be playing Three Nights at Nebworth with Robbie Williams at the height of his career. That was absolutely amazing to be involved in that. Yeah, stunning, you know. But you can uh, quite, I bet that can be found on YouTube, can't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the whole the whole concert was recorded, um, and I, I'm sure you'll be able to find that on YouTube. I think it went out on Channel 4 live at the time. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, uh, after me and Robbie kind of part, parted ways, I mean, it's like I thought, I'm never gonna, you know, do anything like like Nebworth again. Like 120,000 people a night, and then like a year later, I, I got asked to go to the Ukraine uh, just before they had that kind of revolution there, which was I think 2013, January 2013. They asked me to go and play with my band on New Year's Eve, 2012 for 2013, and I wasn't quite sure if I was going to go uh, because you know I was in effect going to be playing for the opposition at yeah. the time and then I thought oh you know I'm going to do it anyway so me and my band went I, I took my wife and my son we went on they they told me at the time there there was going to be about 50,000 people in Euromaiden Square where where all the trouble took place only like literally two weeks after and um, they told me there's, there's going to be about 50,000 apparently there was half a million people in the square that night wow um, and that and that was televised live too. But yeah, I mean, that was phenomenal. I mean, to do something on on my own, you know, as as you know, an artist to play in front of that many people, I I, I just couldn't believe it. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's one of those moments that you'll definitely take to your grave with you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Right then, my next question. Actually, while while we was on that subject, how did that Robbie gig come about? Um, oh, how how did it come about? Good good question. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Uh, well, the Steve Power, uh, who who was Robbie's en- engineer co-producer with Guy Chambers, um, he produced one of my very very early uh, songs with with a band I had called Violent Blue back in 1982, 1983. It never got got released, but me and Steve kind of kept in contact over the years. And they wanted a, uh, they were looking for some, uh, another guitar player to play on Sing While You're Winning. And I think maybe Steve Power put me um, up, oh, we have to try Neil out, you know. Um, and then I had a call from Guy Chambers. And then a few days later, I, I went up to London. And the first thing I played on was Rock DJ. I, and I did a solo at the end of Rock DJ. Uh, and then I played on Kids and um, all, all the other songs on that album. I played on like 90% of that album, most of the guitars, you know. So the actual album that you can buy in the stores, you, you're on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing, sing While You're Winning. And then, Isn't that the swing album? No, no, no. That's Swing While You're Winning. Oh, but I, I, that I makes played, sense. Yeah, I, I played on Sing While You're Winning. And then um, I got asked back uh, to do the next album, which was Escapology, uh, where I, I went to, L- well, we all went to LA and uh, worked on that in Oceanway Studios. And that's where I met Rob, Robbie, you know, for the first time properly, really. What was he like? Yeah, um, well, the first time I met him, he, he came in with a Superman out- outfit on. Nice. And um, yeah, that... That that was quite funny, um, but then I I kind of got to know him a little bit, and um, and then I got asked to be in the band from there, really, uh, and then and then I was with him for ten years. That's, that's, I didn't realise it was that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, nine nine and a half, ten years, I think it was, or wow. almost ten years. Do you still keep in contact? Yeah, occasionally. I mean, he 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 gave me a nice quote from I released um, a song called Paper Kite uh, last year. And I, I I sent it to him, and um, he he get, gave me a very nice quote, you know, uh, to, for for the release of it, which was nice. And um, yeah, he he sent me pictures of his kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we we you know we only keep in touch via email, but yeah, we're still in touch. Cool. Right then, some my next question. That was a long first question. That was. Uh, <laughs> Are they supposed to be shorter answers? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so. You're going on holiday. You're taking an MP3 player with you. That's old school now, an MP3 player. Yeah. Um, so you're taking an MP3 player. It's an old one. You can only fit two songs on it. And you're going away for a week. What two songs are you going to stick on that MP3 player? They're the only two songs you can listen to. What, for the whole week? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would have to be um, Caroline by Status Quo. Do you know what? It's funny you should say that. And I was meant to mention it because I forgot. Um, I was thinking earlier when I was listening to your album, I was picking up uh, elements of Status Quo in the mm. first track of the album. The um, oh, hurt, we all hurt inside. I think it's I think that it's, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so that's another question I was meant to ask. Who, who do you personally take inspiration from? Well, I mean, earlier on, it was like Mark Boland and T Rex. And then it moved. When when I saw uh, Status Quo playing Caroline on Top of the Pops, it, it moved from uh, T Rex to Status Quo, and um, I, I I was an avid Status Quo fan for about three or four years after that. Did you ever get to meet them? N- um, no, no. I 
I didn't. But funny enough, I, I did an interview on my first album with this German um, radio presenter. And he, he sent he said, oh, I'm going to be interviewing Status Quo next week. And then he sent sent me an MP3 and he said that, oh, I've, I've interviewed to uh, Rick Parfit. I've interviewed uh, this guy called Neil Taylor. He'd been playing with Robbie Williams. And um, basically, you guys were the main influence for him to get into music. And he said, oh, yeah, I've heard of Neil, which was lovely. I thought, no way. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great, you know. Yeah, that that's really that's really nice. And then Francis Rossi said, "No, nope, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of him." He said, "I could think of better people to be influenced by, <laughs> something like that." You know, at least you had a half smile. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, status quo in in, in T Rex were are the main reason why I picked up guitar really. Awesome, good influences. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm not a massive Status Quo fan for the same reason. I'm not a massive ACDC fan. It's for me. It's like they made one song over and I over know, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I did hear ACDC's album. What the, the well, the latest album, or well, it was about three, three years ago, three, four years ago, and you hear the first track. It sounds amazing. And I was in someone's car, listening to, oh, yeah, great. Then the next song comes on, you think, oh, right, okay. And then <laughs> by the third or fourth song, you're thinking, right, okay, I've heard enough now, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what was your, sorry, what was your first uh, choice of song? Mark, Mark Mark Owen, was he? No, Mark Bolan. Mark Bolan, sorry, that would make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Owen, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think he played the guitar, did he? No, I don't think he did, no, no. And uh, what was your second song? Um, oh, oh, yeah. So, so, sorry. So, it, it it would have been um, Children of the Revolution, T Rex. Children of the Revolution, such a good and, song. Yeah, and um, Caroline by Status Quo. Okay, cool, awesome. So, your next question, I'm giving you the power to go back in time to remove a song from history. You hate it so much, you want it removed so that nobody has to listen to it. What song would you get rid of? <laughs> Well, my my um, my daughter and uh, her cousin used to be be in the back back of the car when they were like six and seven. They reminded me of this the other day, and um, all they they used to play Barbie Girl. Okay. Um, and I mean, completely over and over and over and over. You know, we went on like a, a two hour trip to somewhere. I forget where we were going. But they played it the whole way there and the whole way back, and they they knew that I hated it, and that's what they did. And it, it, <laughs> they, they they put it on Facebook the other day, and they were laughing about it. Do you remember when um the, you know my dad used to take us out, and we used to put Barbie Girl on, so it will have to be Barbie Girl, I think. It's funny that you should say that. Two weeks ago, we had an artist of the week on, and we interviewed him, and he said exactly the same song. Really? Yeah. And he, he, <laughs> And he was dead set against choosing any song because he believed every every song was an art, but he, st he still picked that one in the end. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, final question then. If you could collab with one artist who's now dead and one artist alive, anyone, who would you choose and why? Uh, one dead. David Bowie, I think. I mean, because I, I you know, I, I've always been a fan of David Bowie. Um, especially like life on Mars. I, 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 he's just such, you know. He, he just seemed to like be this chameleon. He just changed, you know. He'd be able to just change like his songwriting kind of way. And 
I, I, I would have loved to have done something with him. Um, in one alive, oh God, I don't know. Um, Francis Rossi, why not? Francis Rossi from <laughs> cool. Status Quo. Um, Are they still going? Yeah, yeah, he's still going. Yeah, completely. He's still going. Yeah. Um, just from that, I mean, you know, him and Rick Parfit were both my idols. So that's why I would choose him, I think. Well, if this album does well, it's never too late. No, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that just about covers it. Thank. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your evening for me. It's oh, been well, well thank, real, thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, it's been, it's been a real nice. pleasure having you on. And I think in the words of Wayne out of Wayne's World, we're not worthy. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, awesome. no, You have to... You have to keep us up to date with uh, your gigs and stuff so we can put it out there on the uh, the web of the Inter and all that. Yeah, 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 sure, definitely. Well, I have, cool. I have your email. I'll, I'll, I'll let, let you know of any uh, news or whatever that goes on. Awesome. As always, we'll leave all of his links to his socials and his streaming sites in the show notes so you can check him out through there. And now, without further ado, for your listening pleasure at home, here is... Neil Taylor with his song We All Hurt Inside We all hurt inside So much pain to hide We make the same mistakes Trying again and again 